Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Here on this Thursday, we got our regular Counterpoint panel in Omar Khan, Melissa Lansman, both of Hill and Knowlton. One is a liberal, one is not. I'll let you decide. Hi, guys. How you doing? Hey. hey, you know, I'm doing well. Um, doing better than Aaron Weir. I'll just quickly ask you, because I just interviewed him. Um, <laughs> you know, I know that... We couldn't make it one show without talking about I Aaron know, it's <laughs> it, it, for whatever reason, when you guys come in, we've talked about Aaron Weir. Every but time. It, it, well, yeah, it's weird. I look forward to meeting Aaron Weir one day. Really? Aaron, I've spoken like about you guy. at length. I always thought he was like that golf dude. Well, he'll talk very close to you, but he won't harm you. <laughs> but nonetheless, look, uh, Jagmeet Singh is doubling down. Uh, you know, he won't let him run, won't sign his papers. I think the guy's being railroaded. Uh, but nonetheless, will he get the last laugh on this, Melissa? Well, <laughs> look, uh, hi, Aaron. Uh, we're talking about you again. <laughs> um, <laughs> in terms of, I, I don't think uh, Jagmeet Singh needs any help getting sunk. Um, I, just, I just don't think that he needs to uh, touch this issue. I think he's got bigger problems, and we all know what those are. Yeah. And uh, we'll see if he's successful in his own uh, by-election. I think you should stop paying attention to Aaron Weir. Yeah, well, nonetheless, though, I mean, it, it's just indicative to me, uh, and I think a lot of other people, Omar, that he just keeps getting it wrong. I mean, if he had just reinstated it, moved away from it, it wouldn't be another negative headline. But it is clearly causing more angst behind the scenes with other party members and uh, and, uh, his base. Yeah. And and who knows, um, you know, what conversations are happening behind the scenes. I guess, you know, one thing that's probably percolating is the fact that, uh, you know, he didn't he didn't uh, uh, he, he didn't ask Andrea to take his brother out of her her caucus. Uh, somebody who had put up a sign that you know said some very der- or derogatory things about about police officers. So th- I guess you know there is yeah. an element potentially of hypocrisy there. I don't know what's happened what's happened behind the scenes. I, I, you know I do know that from what I've seen from Mr. Weir's public comments, um, you know perhaps uh, you know he, he he did things like uh, he named his accuser things like that that you just don't do in this day and age while an investigation is going on. But uh, you know. If you take a look at the provincial NDP caucus in Ontario, um, there's quite a few questionable. There's quite a few MPPs who have made uh, questionable comments and have had questionable actions, and uh, they haven't been turfed from caucus. No, wait, hold on a second. I think we found something that Omar and I agree on, and that's the <laughs> radical NDP a little bit in Hasn't Ontario. And, and we'll get back to. Couple of other things with the NDP, uh, maybe in the second one. But I, w- I know you both want, uh, and I wanted to get your thoughts on the, all this shenanigans, which I'm already really sick of with City Council. Um, you know, talking about all this reduction of City Council, you've got you know Kristen Wong Tam calling it a declaration of war. You've got who else? Do you have oh, you've got them now demanding that the feds, you know, pull in this historical power to open the constitution to protect city councils. I mean, it, it's it's actually just bizarre. Um, I'll I'll start with you on this, Melissa. Is uh, is Mr. Ford um, using up his political capital too early or, you know, does he have to turn the page on this or is he on the right train here? Yeah, look, I uh, whether you agree or disagree with uh, with city council, with the uh, w- with the merits of uh, of what's actually being talked about is an aside. Um, I think the I, I think that the Ford administration needs to think a little bit about expending uh, political capital. Uh, however, it is early in his term, and uh, I don't think that uh, the average voter 
uh, or the electorate really care about this. I think that there's a there's a few people that talk about uh, the Constitution, and when you're talking about the Constitution, you're losing <laughs> in politics. I know it's like, oh. but when you're talking about individual freedoms, you're winning as a liberal. What freedom have, you, have has been taken? Uh, like honestly, so, like what freedom so, of mine so has been taken away from the Toronto me, election? The issue for me here, because I don't want to relitigate what we've already talked about for three days. Like no, everyone knows that the bottom line is they're they are losing this battle. They are continuing to fight it, and I, the taxpayer, the Toronto's taxpayers are paying for a fight that's going to be lost. So, so the issue for me isn't necessarily about the size of the council of the city of Toronto, right? Uh, I, I think there's there's some pretty valid arguments to be made to re, to reduce the size. It, it's about oh my gosh, it, we agree again. It's, it's, about, <laughs> it's about using an instrument, mm-hmm. uh, the notwithstanding clause that was put in. Uh, really as a last-minute compromise to get the Charter into the Constitution. Um, that, that over the years, it, it's been understood kind of in Canada that you don't use this unless you absolutely have to. Like the most notable... Like the War Measures Act, like that kind of stuff? Well, the most... The mo- like that Trudeau was pre- when he did That it? was pre-Charter rights and freedoms. Yeah. But the most notable use of the notwithstanding clause was by Quebec to ban English on signs. And they even got rid of it five years later. They, they rescinded the use. So my, my worry is by normalizing it, the use of this really extreme clause on something as mundane as like management of the city council of, of a municipality, it normalizes it. Uh, and to me, in the long run, I think that weakens the charter protections that so many Canadians rely on. Uh, and, you know, I think it's a bit of a gift uh, to federal and provincial liberals. Like, from the provincial liberals' perspective, online fundraising has been going through the roof since this issue. Uh, <laughs> That's fantastic. Up. I hope you get an eighth seat. Uh, <laughs> well, well, you know, maybe in three years and nine months. Um, but, and and from, for the federal liberals' perspective, mm-hmm. uh, nothing riles up the liberal base in advance of an election than talking about uh, individual freedoms. And, yes. and what the Free, by the way, freedoms, do, Melissa, that well, a judge well, kind of made up on the fly do, in his ruling. They're going to trot out all these charters cases mm-hmm. that allowed Sikhs to wear turbans mm-hmm. in legislatures, that, that, that enabled same-sex marriage, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 that, sorry. That, that legalized abortion in this country. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they're gonna uh, really? They're going to tie the use of this clause oh. to those broader rights issues. Oh, oh come on. You're going to hear just, it here first. I'm not a constitutional expert, <laughs> but I have written, I've read my fair share of uh, Twitter commentary, uh, and there is a small subset of people in Toronto uh, that really care about this. Uh, yeah. And I think we and need to... And they're very vocal. Uh, look, and, and I think we need to question whether uh, whether others will remember this four years down the line. I don't know if you remember prorogation in, uh, oh, in 2008, but amongst, amongst political nerds. You probably do. Uh, amongst the uh, general public, they're mm. going to be like, what? what? Yeah. I, I think Canadians care about rights, so we'll see well, yeah, okay. the yeah. issue but of a mundane conversation. I, I, I love my rights, too. I have not lost rights. one yet, so like, honestly, I just think it's... I'm, I'm honestly so tired of this. But the, nonetheless, the PCs have proposed these changes late today coming out uh, to the rules of how the legislation uh, legislature works. And it would allow, they're basically pushing through uh, legislation that'll allow and, and uh, bills to go more quickly. And, and so, Melissa, this is going to make hairline on fire, too. Uh, it is. And uh, again, it's the question of uh, political expenditure. Look, as a, as, a, as a DCOM, you always look for that day before uh, long weekends or maybe Christmas Eve to, uh, <laughs> to drop things that are going to be unpopular. So why not drop this in a why storm? Would, why would this be unpopular? I mean, the federal, the federal liberals, Omar, I mean, if everyone's I mean, opposed gonna, to it. It's going to be unpopular with the exact same group. Uh, and they're, they're busy talking about... The same about, group uh, that wouldn't be opposed to the federal government shortening debate on bills? I mean, what's the difference here? Am I, am I missing something here? 
here? Yeah, look, I... Um, spin it, Omar, I'm spin a, it. I'm going to be nonpartisan for a mm, second. Well, that'd be nice. I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm a parliamentary traditionalist, and I'm one of those, uh, and most people probably won't care about this, but I'm one of those who hearken for a time when hearken. parliaments and members of parliament actually meant something. Uh, and what we've seen over successive governments, federally and provincially, of all political stripes, is a centralization of power to the extent uh, that I think has started to, you know, uh, perhaps um, threaten the level of democracy that we that we enjoy. And it's not just under Ford. We saw it under Wynne. We saw it under McGuinty. We've seen it under Harper. We've seen it under under Trudeau to an extent. Uh, I like the system in the United Kingdom, probably because their cabinets are smaller and their parliament is larger. Uh, and they have a sense M- of humor. MPs, members of parliament, actually have real power. They actually, government MPs, actually ask their own government tough questions in question period. Like, yeah. what, an, what an anomaly. What a noble uh, you know, thing there, right? Um, you know, I, 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 so I, I think that this is just another example of a centralization of power and a loss of power for our elected officials, uh, which I think is sad. Or it's just getting stuff done. A last point to you, Melissa. Could be that. Uh, Omar, I, as much as I like having you as a colleague at Hill and Knowlton, I think you should run for Aaron Weir's seat. <laughs> I think you. And you should use Harkin in your um, Harkin. In your Harkin. Literature. I yearn for I Harkin for a time. Harkin for a good word. Harkin is a good word. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Omar Khan, Melissa Lansman joining me for this Thursday's Counterpoint. You guys have nestled into this spot nicely. Let's talk about um, Foreign Affairs Minister Christian Freeland attending a forum called, uh, one of the, the panels was called Taking on the Tyrant. And um, I don't know if it's, if I'm just kind of seeing this, but I get the sense that this deal either is not going well or they're just using this as a strategy to play... Uh, to the base here, Melissa, because it's great to hear, you know, them go at Trump and all the rest of it. But f- at the risk of killing a deal and after deal, like, you know, Trump is thin skinned. He hears this stuff. I think from a political perspective, it's a bit of um, it could be a bit of them hedging their bets on uh, on potentially a deal uh, that is not going to be seen as the best deal for Canada. And, and of course, we want uh, we want to see a good deal. We want to see a good deal for everybody. But I think it's time to bring out some of the, some of the big guns, some of the, the premiers that can go down and, uh, and help out. They okay. really haven't engaged um, well, the rest of sort of the political right in this uh, in this country that can go talk to this administration. Yeah, I mean, there was such a sense last week, uh, Omar, of urgency that we, you know, had to get this deal done by October 1st, that we, you know, we were maybe close. Christian Freeland was down there uh, last week, and now there are no meetings scheduled. Um, we're not down there, so I don't get the sense that we're close to a deal at all. But I'm just curious, what would be the strategy of having, you know, after the, the, the diplomat speech she gave in June that Mr. Trump was, you know, infuriated by, you've got these comments from Trudeau about, you know, after the G7, and then you've got this panel discussion on, on you know a tyrant yeah so you know i probably wouldn't use those words to describe uh, any president of the united states whether they were one or not and i'll leave it up to listeners uh, own judgment to decide whether this one uh, is or is not um i agree with melissa i think we're probably seeing a bit of hedging going on uh you know i i i, I do know that the the up until now the the, the through mexico 
mm-hmm. <laughs> through Mexico, we actually have gotten a fairly major concession uh, from the United States, which is on rules of origin for autos. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but that being said, we're not there yet. But that was a couple and, and, of weeks back, was it not? For sure. For sure. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, you know, Canada's probably going to have to make some concessions. We're probably going to have to make some concessions, particularly around dairy, uh, that may not be, uh, you know, hugely popular in certain uh, parts of the country. And, uh, you know, I think there is some political posturing going on here. Uh, but at the end of the day, look, you know, we are a sovereign nation, and Mr. Trump has said much worse things <laughs> about about us and leadership. He can. Uh, uh, and, you know, there is an element of some, uh, you know, four or five dimensional chess happening here. Uh, in terms of bringing in the political right in this country, you, you know, we, there is an advisory group and it does include people like Ron Ambrose, former leader of the Conservative Party. Um, and, and, okay, but nobody you know, is Mr. engaged Mulroney, in uh, in Mr. actually Mulroney. talking to the administration. Well, I know Mr. Mulroney has been deeply engaged on this file, and he's been working closely with Mr. McNaughton and others. Um, well, he's been coaching uh, Mr. Trudeau, and he 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 said last a uh, couple of days ago in his comments, he he said basically without saying it, you know, shut up, no name calling, let's not do this in public. And then then all of a sudden we've got these headlines that uh, the 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 woman who is engaged in these talks is is involved in a panel discussion with Donald Trump's face all over these images of this conversation called taking on the tyrant. I mean, he was compared to uh, Bashar al-Assad. I don't think <laughs> Mr. Trump is crazy, maybe, but I don't think he would be wrong in being offended by that. Yeah, it's, it's probably like from a strategic perspective, it's probably not an event I would have sent the minister to. Mm. Uh, you know, I don't think she said that and I don't think she believes that herself. It doesn't matter. It's uh, the insinuation. Optics, our optics are important. But, you know, uh, at the end of the day, uh, we have made some progress in these talks. It looks like in the last number of weeks. Like I said last time, let's see where the negotiations actually get. Let's see a deal. The, uh, let's see what a deal looks like before we start criticizing. I suspect we're going to get. Uh, we we are going to get one story about a deal, and then uh, a couple years down the line, there's going to be a really good book written about what actually happened. Yeah, <laughs> a couple <laughs> or, of years. It'll, or we're going to be told this, this White House. It'll be like six months. Or we're going to get told that it was a really good deal, and then you're going to read the fine print and go. Oh, crap. like what? What just happened here? Uh, let's talk a little bit about Andrea Horvath, shall we? Um, you know, it's been an eventful 48 hours for her. I mean, she was kicked out of uh, the legislature, stomping feet, you know, very angry lately. Uh, but she is in hot water over these tweets that were put out, which, you know, kind of gobsmacking, conflating the Humboldt tragedy and Ford politics. Three times the tweet was taken down to correct the spelling, but never did the context of the message change, which tells you they don't even get what was the offense. But here she was asked by reporters today about this tweet, and here was her answer. I sent something to one of my staff saying, you know, notwithstanding all of the chaos that's happening in Ontario, uh, this is important, and I think we should tweet something about it. Uh, The way that that tweet came out was not uh, necessarily from my hand. In fact, it wasn't. The staff person that put it together uh, recognized that it was a problem, and uh, they've apologized and took it down. Mm-hmm. Okay, so leadership is all about throwing your staff under the bus, Melissa. I mean. Apparently in the NDP. Look, I think uh, her strategy yesterday was probably the right one uh, in the uh, in the legislature where she exposed uh, chaos. And I think that that's what Ontario voters are afraid of. Mm-hmm. I think when it went sideways is when 37 million people are behind a hockey team who have started their process of grieving uh, and conflating two issues. I think that's... Uh, I think that was over the top. Blaming your staff, of course, it never works. We saw that with uh, with Bernier. Uh, look, it uh, it happens in politics, but uh, 
you know, misspelling humble, that's the least of her problems. I mean, that, that is the least of her problems. But I mean, from a strictly con- communications uh, standpoint, I mean, she is the leader of the opposition. It would have been much smarter for her to say, you know what? I screwed up and I, I own that. I had a really tough day yesterday. It was very emotional. But you know what? It does not, it should not come at the expense of, of something like humble. But again, uh, blame it on the staffer. Yeah, look, everyone who's worked in politics knows that leaders don't do their own tweets, like, unless you're Donald apparently, Trump. But I, I, apparently Kathleen Wynne did. Um, very rarely, maybe uh, on a few, but, you know, she, sometimes. Okay, let's just leave it at that. Not all the time. Um, look, no, state it, it secrets. An, I, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I, I'm sympathetic to staffers having been one. No kidding. Somebody probably made a mistake. I'm sure they feel horrible about it yeah but again you know. i wouldn't be blaming them if i were our leader i would say you know yeah, what but it you was my fault lie, right you can't say you wrote it if you didn't look at the end of the day mistakes happen in politics I'm, I'm gonna give both of them a mulligan on this one big mulligan big mulligan all right guys gotta end it there but thank yeah. you that was fun <laughs> oh, we'll do it again all right uh omar khan joining me this week melissa lansman also joining me You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.